Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. How do you convince a new graduate to start their career in a small rural market like Yorkton, Saskatchewan? That's just one of the challenges instructors are grappling with in SAIT's Broadcast Systems Technology Program, the last broadcast engineering program of its kind in the country. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, our guest is one of those instructors, Gary Shepard, who was formerly chief engineer at CJFB-TV Swift Current. We caught up with Shepard at the Western Association of Broadcast Engineers Conference in Calgary to talk about shaping the next generation of broadcast engineers and some of the non-traditional places they're landing. Well, I'm Gary Shepard. I... Uh worked at a small market television station for 22 years and I was a graduate of the SAIT Broadcast Electronics Technology Program as it was called in those days. I worked there for 22 years and then I got an offer to come and teach at SAIT and I haven't really looked back. It's, uh, it's been very enjoyable. I felt it was an opportunity to give back in a sense because I, I had a strong feeling for the program. When I was out in industry, I came back to the program to hire people because we hired students uh, from the program over the years while I was working there. So who is the student that's interested in broadcast engineering now? These are students that would be interested in working in technology, somebody that likes to work both with their head and their hands. So there's lots of hands-on work. It's got a a fair amount of IT, computer type of work, but also uh, practical hands-on skills, doing cabling, uh, doing equipment installation, doing maintenance, doing uh, troubleshooting, being part of new facilities, designs and, and builds. The technology is not just radio and television broadcasting, but also audiovisual television facilities aren't just TV stations anymore. We have sporting venues, uh, we have government uh, agencies, legislatures all have television production facilities and they're all part of that. Uh, mobile production companies that cover all of the sporting events. There's probably not a, a football or hockey game played in professional that isn't covered by television. So all those need technology and somebody has to put those mobiles together and make them work and keep them working during those games. And so that's where we end up a lot of students going there. We also have uh, manufacturing, the broadcast technology manufacturing, which again isn't just broadcasters. Uh, Some of the major manufacturers in Canada in Ontario, where their largest customers are are companies like uh, Google and other uh, online companies uh, rather than traditional broadcasters. Certainly traditional broadcasters are still an important part of the industry, the radio and television stations, but you have the distribution undertakings, companies like uh, Bell and, and TELUS and Shaw that distribute signals, distribute the content to end users. Uh, it's not just over-the-air transmitters anymore. 
So that's where we're expanding in terms of what our industry really is. How do you keep up with the ongoing challenge of a, of a consistently evolving industry? The biggest challenge is, of course, keeping up with all that change in technology. We try and have our instructors uh, go to the Western Association of Broadcast Engineers Conference, to the National Association of Broadcasters Conference. We subscribe to the various trade journals. It does take a fairly concerted effort to stay on top of the technology because it does change all the time. And are students excited about the broadcast industry, obviously it's an industry that is squeezed in some respect in terms of resources, maybe now more than it ever has been, depending on which sector you're going into. Yeah, the students have different opinions as to what they'd really like to get into. We ask them, you know, are you interested in working in radio, in television, in uh, for a manufacturer? Manufacturers are often at the cutting edge of the technology, so we've had quite a few students in recent years go to work for uh, one of the manufacturing of uh, audio, video, RF, uh, television equipment in Canada. So that's a, an appealing career path. Others want to work in, in radio stations, and so that's uh, their career path. So there's, there's not a, a one type of student that wants to do all the same thing. Some of them want to do more networking type stuff. Some of them want to be more out in the field working on transmitters where they're, they're not stuck in a building all the time. So, yeah, there's quite a variety. And we've had students go to uh, small markets uh, like where I worked, where you do just about everything. You're doing the computer stuff and you're doing the transmitter stuff out in the field and you're, you're fixing cameras and, and microphones. You're part of everything. Uh, some people like to be more specialized where they're working just in the IT department or they're working just in you know, master control and doing something that's very specialized. Where was that first small market station? It was in uh, Swift Current, Saskatchewan, where I worked for 22 years. So how much of a hard sell is it now for you to get a student interested in going to a market like Swift Current? It's it's tough sometimes when a lot of our students come from big cities and they, they see a, a small city as a place where not much happens. Uh, I like to see students that don't come from the big city and are willing to go to those small market stations. That's the way I was. I grew up on a farm, and so moving to a small city was a nice middle ground between a big city and a small town uh, or a farm. So uh, if we get students, and we've got students now that are from rural backgrounds, and then they're willing to go. We had a student last year went to a, a radio company up in Northwest Territories, and he's loving it. Uh, just because it's a good fit for them. That's not a good fit for everybody. Some people, if they're a, a city person born and raised and they want to live in a city, uh, they might be comfortable in Vancouver or Winnipeg or Calgary or Saskatoon, but they don't really want to go to a small, small city like Swift Current or Yorkton or something like that. But there's jobs there. So this is part of your ongoing, I guess, recruitment strategy is to 
get more kids from outside of the Calgary area. Exactly, yeah. We have a lot of jobs. Because we're the only program in the country, we'll have employers uh, from any part of the country will call us and, and say we're looking for somebody. Because we have a lot of students from Calgary, there's not that many of them that are willing to move to those other parts of the country. And so we'd really like to recruit more students from Ontario. We've got lots of jobs in Ontario, especially the manufacturing sector, because that's there. Even the other prairie provinces, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, we hear of jobs there. And we need students from those places so that they're willing to move back to their home province or their home area, and uh, and then they'll stay there. The program is considering undergoing a name change. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, we've been the broadcast as the sort of main letter or main word of the program since the beginning. We were broadcast electronics technology, broadcast technology, now broadcast systems technology. But as I mentioned, the broadcast word isn't all-encompassing of our industry because it is audiovisual. Uh, we've got lots of jobs for students in the audiovisual world that's outside of the traditional broadcast radio and TV station world. You know, we've got a lot of jobs with manufacturers, with video content producers, post-production houses and stuff that's not directly broadcast. So, you know, terms like uh, media and audiovisual and systems integration are are part of what our students learn and the type of jobs that they get. So uh, having a program name that reflects that diversity is something we're looking for. Is there anything else you want to touch on, Gary? Drawing students from different backgrounds. Mature students are also very good. Like we see students fresh out of high school. I have students right now that are 18 years old in second year. So that means they started school when they were 17 and and they're excellent students. And we have students, I've had students as old as uh, mid-50s, late 50s actually, as a a graduate, and uh, also very engaged. So, you know, some students right now have had uh, other careers, uh, and then they decide they want to do something that's a little more exciting, and they end up in our program. That diversity is good in the classroom. We wouldn't want all of our students to be fresh out of high school, but having somebody that's that's thought about it a little bit and researched it a little bit and, and uh, really wants what we offer in terms of a, a technology program that's got lots of IT. We see a lot of about IT, but it's not purely IT. We've had students who've worked in IT, and they find that just doing the same thing all the time, all just one sort of piece of technology they find it's not exciting enough and then they end up in our program where they're not just doing IT but they're doing IT and they're doing audio and they're doing video and they're doing radio frequency stuff with transmitters and antennas and stuff like that and they see a diversity that they didn't get in just a pure IT or a pure electronics type of a program. What kind of placement rate success do your graduates have? If they're willing to move around the country, uh, they can sort of take their pick and basically they can all get jobs. If they're stubborn and they insist on staying in Calgary, then they might have to wait a while. 
and they have to sort of position themselves to be sort of the top of the class because the Calgary employers have the sort of pick of those people, right? They, they, can, they can take people who've not only are the top of the class, but they were willing to go and work in Swift Current or Yorkton or someplace for, you know, a few years and sort of earn their sort of experience in some other market and then they can come back here. Uh, even going to Vancouver, a couple of students I talked to here at the convention had gone to Vancouver, worked there for several years, and then came back to their home turf of Calgary afterwards. So as far as employment goes, we see jobs uh, being posted every day all over the country. So if a person is willing to move, they're willing to position themselves well by working hard, they can sort of decide where they want to go, and there, there's jobs for, for everybody. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.